Have you ever tried? Because here I'm, I'm, I'm such a visionary. Yeah, I'm like holding this like it's my child. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but have you ever tried to put together a orchestra of cigar box guitars or all of these weird instruments and try to make something really cool with that? Okay, I wasn't part of it, but three or four years ago at the Pennsylvania Cigar Box Guitar Fest, they had the world's largest cigar box guitar jam. Uh, where I forget how many hundreds of people played Bad to the Bone together for the Guinness Book of World Records. So That's I was, dope. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't get to be part of that, but they pulled that off. For me, um, there's always the novelty of the instruments. However, in my mind, it's less of a novelty and more of who I am. Mm. I can rip leads on that thing better than any Stratocaster, okay? Um, and so when I put my band together, the, although we're all homemade instruments, it was, it just happened. And I know it's also not my fault that it happened that way. At the time I was running an open mic in a smoky little bar in downtown York called the first capital dispensing company. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Of course. I and, that. uh, the reason I was running it is I was attending it for about six to eight months before that. M- my playing was so horrible. I was a such, I was I would do shows and I would crash and burn. And so I was like, I need to reinvent how I play. Mm. And I had to strip everything, everything down and come up with a new style so that it, it sounded right. And so I started going to open mics and I would crash and burn every Wednesday. And then I would start to get a little better. And this is one of those things, do it bad until you do it well. Right. And so I did that. And then the guy uh, needed to quit hosting the open mic and I took over. And so when you host an open mic, you get the first set, you get the first mm-hmm. half hour of your own, you know, four or five songs, six songs. And so I would do that. And then farmer John, who was always there having a beer on a Wednesday night said, I just built this bucket base. You know, a friend of mine showed me how to do that. Can I sit in? I'm like, absolutely. I'm playing a cigar box guitar. It's perfect. Um, and then one night we actually electrified it in the back room of the bar so that I didn't have to put a microphone on it or right, we were duct taping mics on it just so we could oh hear my. it. Um, and then uh, another guy, Aaron Lewis, showed up and said, can I play harmonica with you? And I'm like, sure. And so the three of us were playing every Wednesday for the open mic. And I said, we're so good. You guys are just following me. It's like I'm driving the Cadillac and you're going on for the ride, Mm -hmm. you know, where I had because I had a foot stomper and I had the cigar box guitar and I was, you know, the the main rhythm of the band. And these two guys were dancing around me Um, after several months of it without a single practice. I said, I want to start booking gigs. And they're like, sure, let's do it. (laughs) And so Farmer John got us a gig at a, a beer fest a brewery fest. And, uh, that was our first show. And I was like, what do we call ourselves? And the original name of the band was Shane Spiel's world famous snake oil jug band. It was like the longest thing I could think of for it. Right. And it became Shane Spiel's snake oil band. But, uh, the idea was to have this old jug band playing what I call stomp blues. Mm. That's, and it started from me using a foot stomper as the percussion. And that was a soda crate with a couple pickups on the inside run into a preamp with all bass going into a PA system where it sounded like a combat boot to the chest. So if I tapped on this box, it was boom. And so I, I just had this real, just basic foot bass drum 
as my drums. And then the cigar box guitar had to be played rhythmically. Whereas if the bass drum is going boom, 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 all my guitar parts had to go, had to go like, everything just had to go with that, that Mm -hmm. 16th note or eighth note rhythm to go with it. um, Just because your whole body is in that rhythm. Um, And that, created what is our sound now that i have rick stapina playing drums for us i still tell him you know to play less you know i want to hear more of the bass and then you can add other flourishes in there but it's just the drive yeah it's this absolute drive think you know mumford and sons ended up doing it later on um like four on the floor yeah four on the floor um but with us it's it's that it's stomp blues mixed with humor. Um, like my lyrics, you got to understand I'm playing blues. Okay. Of course. I'm a fat, short suburban guy. Okay. I cannot sing real blues. Nobody would believe me. I wouldn't even believe me. So I spoof the stuff. Um, because I, I'm sorry if I see a blues band and they look like me and they're singing this deep blues stuff. I don't believe them. I I mean, it's just like, you're just copying stuff. So like, (laughs) there's um, a timbre that comes with uh, tortured souls. uh, Yeah. And so I, you know, like for murder ballads, uh, a lot of bands will do murder ballads and it's like old 1800 stuff. And I'm like, what would a modern day murder ballad be? And it would Not be, a ballad. It would be from the murderer's point of view. And what's the most, what's the worst, most murder ballad title of a song I could ever create? So I created the title and then I made the song. The title is, I'm strung out, drunk and busted, and there's a body in the trunk. <laughs> okay, you start with that scenario. Now, here's the crazy thing. Now, it's so, it, it's all tongue in cheek and people know it's tongue in cheek. Right. Nobody takes me serious. The thing is, I was posting this online, and another one of my Christian music heroes was my Facebook friend, Pat Nobody. It was Pat Nobody Taylor. Uh, he he had a couple... Pat Nobody. He had a band called Nobody Special. Of course. Oh, no. This is... If you want Christian punk that is the best, Nobody Special. Look it up. It's hard to find. But Pat Nobody was on Facebook, and I posted, I think I've come up with the worst, most blues murder ballad title ever i'm strung out drunk and busted and there's a body in the trunk pat nobody was the first to comment and said that no good woman of mine stole my money and shot all my junk i'm like there it is, <laughs> there it is, there it is. <laughs> it's so and so that's what i do i mean my stuff is all tongue-in-cheek um or like for my album holler what we also did was we went into the library of congress archives and studied um, uh, prison chants and field hollers. Mm. And we would mix those in with some of the songs. So there's just this reoccurring theme going throughout the whole album. Uh, and with the stomp blues, then you hear this chanting in the background. It's swing the old hammer, let it swing. Yes. Swing it in the morning with a boss man warning. Swing the old hammer, let it swing. And, and, and so, you know, there's... I, I do teach some history in my lyrics, but for the most part, we're 
we've got a, a goofy smile on our faces when we write our songs. Uh, it's just, you know, I got the dumbest song in the world that I ever wrote is one of the audience's favorites is Judy got a booty. <laughs> <laughs> Judy got a booty and she shakes it when she cuts loose. And it's just like the dumbest thing. But when people are there for a show, they want to just dance and they want right. to goof off. And, um, you know, maybe someday I will write lyrics that <laughs> that are as deep as my life. But I'm I'm the jester, right. you know, I'm the jester. I'm uh, in concert. I'm the jester. I show up in overalls, a top hat, uh you know, just a crazy look. And, um, you are there for a party. I mm-hmm. mean, I grew up with kiss. I know that when you go to a show, you should give them a show. Right. Um, just to be sitting there gazing at your shoes as you're standing in there and t-shirts and a jean and jeans, you better do something magnificent in those t-shirt and jeans or, you know, I'm, I'm heading out. Um, and so the band knows this too. I, you know, in concert, it is just four insane guys on stage, uh, like putting it all out there. Um, and then the reason we haven't done a show in the last year is I told them I'm done with, with our current setup. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to take this act into theaters or rock clubs. Uh, my biggest influence for that is blue man group. So I want our stage to look like a junkyard. Yeah. Except everything's playable. And like stomp. Yeah, exactly. Stomp, recycled percussion, blue man group. Um, and I think that our type of music and humor could work. I know it will work well in rock clubs. Um, I've opened up for other bands in those bigger clubs. And, you know, um, <clears throat> we once did Gettysburg Bike Week. And who'd we open up for? Uh, I think it was Kentucky Headhunters that time, and people were coming up to us, to us saying that we blew them away. And I'm like, no, you can't say that. We were just up there having fun, but they're like, no, you're completely different. Um, but that's the whole idea. And my biggest thing that's holding me back, and I'm praying about, is a maker space. I need a maker space to build the stage, and then to build the show. Uh, because it's you know right now we're practicing in my garage but you need an actual partial warehouse uh, to set this stuff up, to build these instruments because it's not just for me. The other band members are going to have different instruments. The drum set made out of junk parts is actually going to be the centerpiece of the stage and it's going to look like fat Albert's junkyard. Mm -hmm. And so this drum set is, is going to also have different props on it. Um, uh, Instead of stage lighting, I want old um, like the hook lights you use for when you're working on a car you know, mm. except with Edison bulbs so that the stage is like all amber. So the stage almost looks sepia toned. And then you have this just American rust is the is the look of the stage. That would be that's pretty cool. That's my vision. And uh, it's taken me forever to pull it off. Now we're doing the Cigar Box Guitar Fest, the Pennsylvania Cigar Box Guitar Fest on August 27th in downtown York. And that'll be our old show. That will be, you know, Cajon and, you know, all high energy. High energy, but not the new stage yet. Mm. So some uh, quest- general questions to move on to. Okay. Uh, we talk about how your faith has been challenged, how uh, how you've grown. <laughs> mm-hmm. What is worship? 
I have a tough time with worship. Mm. Um, Music-wise, especially if I'm at church, at a meeting or whatever, and they have worship, uh, my musician brain is always listening to compositions. Um, I would love, I have a vision and... You know, I've prayed about it and it hasn't happened yet. And maybe it's just not something that God has for me to do yet. I would love to find a church um, that meets in an old church. And I I was going to one for a while, but just didn't work out. Um, And I've seen these newer churches try to go into old spaces. They put the PA there and they, they do, you know, the contemporary worship, which ends up booming the drums and the bass guitar is too loud and everything mm-hmm. echoes. I would love to do a church service of dulcimers, hammered dulcimers, auto harps, um, you know, acoustic instruments like that, but lush strings. Like, I think it would be the most beautiful thing in the world for a church to have a hammered dulcimer player. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's things like this. This is the creativity that I want to see uh, in churches with the upcoming revival, I want to see them break out of the traditional contemporary worship because uh, there's more to it than that. Um, and at times, some contemporary worship mimics what's going on in popular culture, and we should be the ones who are leading in the creative arts. Um but this is where you need to feed your creativity again. Mm-hmm. Um, and as people doing worship, I used to play bass in church and I've learned later on in life that what you're doing is you're basically pulling down sounds from heaven. You're pulling down things from heaven as a worship musician. It is your job to bring those down and to take them outward. Um, and you just can't fake this stuff. You can't just, I don't know. And there's times where I've seen some worship services that blew me away. But Corey, the greatest church experience I ever saw in my life, music experience. Um, I was with someone else at the time that we were in Southern York County, driving around looking for a church just on a Sunday morning. Found this tiny little church in I don't know if it was railroad PA or one of these little towns that don't even have a red light. And we're like, let's just go here. You know? And, and so it was in an old, old 1800s church pews and they had their service. I don't remember anything of the service, but at the end to, as everyone was leaving an old 80 something year old man in his finest church suit from the 1970s walked up to the pulpit and got out, do you know what an omnichord is? The electronic auto harp? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So he must have got one of these so he could play an instrument at home. It has buttons and you stroke a little uh, uh, sensing pad. Mm-hmm. He got up there. He put that on the pulpit and he did an old hymn and he sang it with everything he had on this cheap little omnichord that had like type of drums to it. I was mesmerized. I was absolutely mesmerized. This this was the greatest church music I had ever heard because it was the most sincere, 
thing I have ever seen in my life. It was this man. It was, it was the woman with two mites. Okay. It was this man, the old man in the Omnicord and like, the person I was with getting up ready to go. And I'm like, no, I'm not going anywhere. I'm waiting until this song's done. And it was, I, you know, we're talking, this is 1993 when it happened. And I still remember it as vivid today. Um, I want to see that in other churches. I want to see that. And, you know, just, we we started off this podcast telling people to be creative and and going out and make that thing that they're afraid to make. I want to see that in churches. Okay, you're in a church contemporary church service and you're struggling with the drums. Okay, and you have the plexiglass wall around you. Half the drums are electronic. Um, why don't you start studying other percussion? There are more things than Western drum sets out there, and oh, it doesn't sure. have to be just hand percussion. It can be other things. And why not bring that to the altar? Um, this is worship. I have trouble watching worship at home. I have trouble doing worship because my mind is always on music composition. Um, there's times where I can get past that, but that's a real struggle for me. Um, although, you know, for me, it is prayer. Um, it is, uh, you know, the other thing about me is I find it extremely important to spend time alone away from everyone praying in tongues, whether people want to go in, I won't go any further than that, but especially here, but, uh, <laughs> um, you know, it's, I, you have no idea the power of what I've seen in praying in tongues, but, um, yeah, I have worship itself and music. I have a tough time giving that to God. I do it from time to time and I'll feel him tell me to do it from time to time, but I can't flow in it because my mind is too engaged in um the automatic or the the mechanics of it. It's and uh so this conversation is is going back to a uh century long conversation of how or a trend that church music used to be the culture center yes it used to be uh church music was the the forefront of musicality mm-hmm. and that and over the time it switched to where now uh all of the contemporaries um all any worship music now is just copies off of what's popular now yeah instead of trend setting Imagine if we we brought in those older instruments, all those these newer instruments that are coming out, even. Yep. And brought that into worship and made it something amazing, and made it made it God worthy instead instead of popular worthy. I did see one like that, um, and that was just a couple months ago. Uh, one of the people I study under is a guy named Kevin Zadai. And uh, doctorate in theology has a ministry called Warrior Notes. I saw him out in Pittsburgh, and um, he is very much into pulling the sounds down from heaven. In fact, he was dead on the operating table for uh, a period of time, spent 45 minutes in heaven. It has affected everything about his ministry, and he's seen a lot of things behind the veil, and he talks about music being language and such. However, uh, when I saw him, uh, all their music is by the spirit there is, you know, they start out with a key 
And like, this isn't his regular church. This is for special meetings. And so you go there and uh, it's all Im- improvised. And, um, but the thing is he's pulling in, um, he's got keyboards, he's got guitar. The guitar is, the guitarist very much has a U2 sort of sound to him. A lot of delays, mm. beautiful stuff. He actually uses it artistically, but Kevin will also perform on like 14 different instruments. When I saw him, he was performing on a, a Celtic flute. It was the long, yeah, and it's almost impossible to play. Mm-hmm. Well, he spent a lot of time on his um, effects pedals. So when I saw him, there was, like I said, I heard in your song, this vortex of sound going around where it wasn't like your typical church service. There was actual a feeling, a, a manifestation around. Yeah. It's but it was, spir- it was, it was, it was, yeah. it was physical, but it was spiritual as well. Um, I would love to see that type of stuff happen in an acoustic setting. Mm. I would love to see that stuff happen without a PA. Um, that would fascinate me. And that goes back to in a, you find an old church, with big plaster walls that was originally made for a pipe organ and you fill it with hammered dulcimers, auto harps, um, strings, strings just all, or strings or woodwinds as well. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the most beautiful things I ever heard was mixing a nylon string guitar with a clarinet. For some reason, those two match perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, I mean, I have so many ideas, but, Every time I pray about it, it's like, no, you got to do this. It's like, all right, I got to, I know what I need to do, you know? And that, and you can encourage others to yeah. do, do that. And I've blogged about it yeah. to, you know, give people ideas and uh, there's, there, yeah, the church should be, people should want to go to a church just out of fascination for the art being created on the inside. You know, um, D.L. Moody, I read his biography and Moody used to build churches and he would always install a pipe organ. Did he do that for increased worship? No, he did it because he knew it would draw a crowd. And if he drew a crowd, then he would start going to the church. Um, he put a pipe organ in every church for that simple reason. He knew it would draw people. Uh, I think in a deeper spiritual sense too, we should be doing that, um, and in, in that type of stuff, I would love to see that every once in a while you do see it in certain churches where, uh, if they allow their, their worship team to just flow in that new things will come out. Um, if you've been to Calvary where they have the orchestra every now and then. No. Yeah. Calvary church here in Lancaster, they, they'll put, they'll put an orchestra together and play like Bach or some of the old stuff nice. like that Nice in the, in the big church. I once did a duet of cigar box guitar and pipe organ on a Sunday or on a Christmas Eve service. I was going to this little Lutheran church at the time and I had this three string cigar box guitar with a Dobro cone. A Dobro cone is this spun aluminum cone inside where the bridge is of a guitar and it makes it project. It makes it louder. I hung halfway over the balcony up where the pipe organist was at and we did silent night and it was a you know midnight mass type of service. Oh, that's it was one of the coolest things I've ever yeah. done. <laughs> that's amazing. 
So, what is one mistake that you've made or seen other people make? How can we prevent that, curb that for other people to come? The biggest mistake is thinking that your mistakes are going to end you. Okay? Because you're going to make them. You're going to make a ton of mistakes. Um, This is a marathon. And uh, I used to think, oh, I I got this interview with this magazine. Now things are good and nothing went anywhere. Um, This is a marathon. Uh, When God called me to do this, that was in 2002. Mm. You know, 20 years ago. Um, and I thought, okay, that's my ticket, you know, and I, I'm realizing, you know, I still have a lot more work to do. He has something big for me, um, tangibly big coming. Uh, but I have now been beaten down and humbled to the point where I know, all right, it'll come, but this is his, this isn't mine. And it took me all these years to get to that point. Um, and you got to understand only in the pop world is music for the young. Mm. Okay. Only in the pop world. And that's only since the 20th century, since we've seen the youth drive music culture. Yeah. You know, where it, you know, it used to be anybody, everybody. Um, and so, I'm going to continue to make mistakes. I am going to uh, continue trying new things. And I'm going to continue praying about everything. More so now than ever in my life. Um, so yeah, I may be the goofy guy in a bar room playing barroom blues. But I can tell you that I'm fully prayed up before I go on stage. <laughs> you know, what else do I say? Yeah. Well, this has been a wonderful time. This is the most unique interview I've ever done. <laughs> good, good. I'm glad. I, that's always the worry with some some of the bigger people I'm having on in the future. Like, well, how am I going to make this different, right? Be yourself and, you know, I don't know. This is this has just been, I've been, you have no idea how much I've been looking forward to this interview. Um, because I, can, I knew I could be completely open about my spirituality here. Yeah, that's, uh, the, uh, you're right. That's one of the things I, I really enjoy about this podcast is that, that I don't, there's no, besides cursing, everything is open, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but no, um, I guess what I want to, I don't even want to promote myself at the end of this. I just want to tell people mm-hmm. you can make something, do something. You know, the book of Psalms, I don't know if it's Psalm 131 that says that God wrote a book about you before you were even born. And that's not figurative. That actually, Kevin Zadai was saying, was one of the things he saw in heaven was that there are real books. God wrote your book about everything he wants you to do. And every day is another page. And every day that you wake up, God, I pray to do your will today and to fulfill that page that you have for me. Well, let me tell you something. Our God is a creative God. (laughs) And if you feel like you should be making something, creating something, doing something, it's time to do it now more than ever. Uh, You know, we're about to come into some tough times and you are going to need to be strong through this, Mm -hmm. but it is time to do those things he's calling you to do. I think it's crazy that we're in these tough times and God has me showing off goofy instruments on TikTok. 
but that's what he's got me doing and I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it every day and I'm going to do it as much as he tells me to do it. And I've had him say, you're not putting enough videos. And I'm like, I put two out today, put two more, you know? And so do these things, Corey, do the podcast, do your music. That music you did is fantastic. And that is, that ain't all you. Mm-mm. Okay. I could tell there's, that ain't all you, that God's moving through you in that you're compositionally, you were throwing stuff in there that I didn't expect. And usually whenever I hear modern music, I know what to expect. Right. Okay. And you just knocked me out six ways to Sunday. Um, people do something, do something that you're supposed to do. God wrote a book about you before you were born. What is that? He has called you to do. I want you to do it. Um, and it probably won't make sense to you at first. You'll probably think, why should I be cooking cherry pies for people? Right. You know, know. um, that makes no sense. And then you do it and it, he's going to take you to the end of your flesh and just, I keep doing, making these cherry pies and nothing ever happens. And then all of a sudden you see that entire time you were changing somebody else's world. And you had no idea. Yeah, a lot of times the the product isn't the purpose. No, it's the people you meet along the way. Right. That that makes it all worth it. Yep. Imagine the lives changed by by your local bodega, right? Yep. That they might not be, you know, that's barbershop, barbershop, barbershops. Oh my gosh! Yeah. How, how much of a cultural impact that barbershops have on anybody who's ever been to one? Yeah, exactly. Just someone you can talk to while they cut your hair. Yeah. Incredible. All of these things. Um, You're watching this podcast and there's a reason for it. And whatever is bugging you, that one thing that as I'm talking to you, it's bugging you deal with it today. Serious. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I got to say. Well, with all that said, if you have enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to share like, with your friends. Absolutely. Share. Yeah. I want to see how many times we can get this shared on Facebook. I dare you to send it. I dare everywhere. you. I, <laughs> <laughs> Serious. I, the, the, the most shares I've ever had is 19, which is. Oh, insane. come on. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Rookie numbers, right? Oh, no. No, we got to we got to destroy that. Yeah. We, um, Share it to whoever you feel needs to hear this stuff. Yeah. Because uh, there are it's the world is broken right now. And, bro- and when I say broken, I mean broken and here's the thing though guys we are not coming to you and giving you the same old crap uh that you would hear from a sermon no we're saying you got something inside you god wants you god wants you to do these things you know yes surrender to him tell jesus i'm yours i've come to the end of my rope i can't do this anymore jesus my life is yours you made me you even know what's happening in my future. Take my life. I give it to you. And then right then and there. Okay. What do we do? What are we doing today? Mm-hmm. Not what do we do? What do I do with my life? What do I do next? 20? What are we doing today? What do we do right now? Yeah. Just today. I'm as you know, sitting here having my coffee. All right, God, you know, what's going on? You know, last, last year I, I, got hit with COVID and was in the ICU for, mm. for a week. And, uh, it was bad, but all by myself. And 
I, at the end, at the very end, I cried out to God, but I called him daddy. I was gone. I was just gone. It was so bad. The, the amount of oxygen they were pumping into me was insane. And I, at one point I just called out to the father and I called him daddy. And it was at that point I felt him pick me up. And the next day I was released from hospital. And since then, that's what I call him. It's daddy. What's going on? Daddy, let's talk. Um, and that's how I pray. Um, you know, I'll either talk to him, daddy, I'll talk to Jesus, talk to Holy Spirit. They've become, yes, they're all one, but they've become three different people I'm talking to for different things. But for the most part, it's a kid going up to his father and saying, daddy, we got this. You told me to do that. I see this working. What do we got today? And between that and read your Bible every day, because uh, that's him talking to you too. Mm-hmm. With all that said, like, share, if you want to support. Share this everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to, I, for Well, let's see. What do I have coming up? I have a few, uh, uh, I have a, well, quite a few guests coming up. Uh, this Friday is going to be John Flavin. He's a cool guy who uh, plays guitar as a singer, and he's a, another event promoter. I'm excited to talk to him and nice. all that he's got. And uh, Greg Fleury is coming on after that. He's a cello player, composition person. And so I'm excited to talk I about love cello. Cello is so great. There's always room for cello. There's always room for cello. Uh, <laughs> That's one thing I love putting in my music is strings and horns. I don't know if oh, you can yeah. tell, obviously, oh, yeah. from, from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, and then the, Sunday will be Daryl Davis, one of one of my most expe- uh, one of uh, he's one of my role models. Nice to put it to put it simply. I'm really excited to talk to him and hear about all the stuff he's got going on uh, from the past and even today. With all that said, I hope you guys have really enjoyed this podcast. You can follow us on. All streaming platforms, The Story, Koi Rosen, that's C-O-R-Y-R-O-S-E-N. Follow us there. Listen. Share it on there. Do whatever do whatever you feel necessary. And I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. We'll see you guys later. Bye.